0: All right. Hey guys, another week, um, checks over strikes podcast checks in your name, no strikes against it. And this is our fourth episode and we have a special, special guest today. And she goes by the name of Micah Dell Miller and she is the owner of cope counseling. So, um, we wanted to really, um, bring somebody in with the expertise when it comes to, I know everyone here is counseling. So, um, you know, she's in the mental health realm and we really want to get somebody on the show that we can kind of discuss mental health and, um, you know, some of the stigmas that are behind it. And in addition to that, you know, also discuss, you know, why in our community, you know, why there is such a stigma, you know, and I think, um, you know, with mental health, it's important, and it's something that everyone should know. But before we get into everything, let's just introduce the Checks Over Strikes podcast, the host. So, my name is Craig, and I'm one half of Checks
1: Over Strikes. And I go by Dean, the second half. And then we got our boy behind the mic, or the camera, I should say. What's up, what's up, what's up, Jason in the building?
0: Yeah, and he is our director slash fixer-upper slash... Yeah, he, he's the sad guy.
2: <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said, we have Micah here, and you know, I'll let Micah introduce herself and introduce her company. Go ahead, Micah.
3: Hey guys, thank you. Thanks, Checks Over Strikes. Um, so, my name is Micah Dell Miller, as um, Craig would have let you guys know, um, and I am a clinical social worker and psychotherapist with my own private practice called COPE Counseling Toronto. And essentially what COPE Counseling Toronto is, it's focused on providing a safe space for individuals, for couples and for groups to, to heal, you know, to start and kind of go through a healing journey through psychotherapy, through talk therapy um, and, you know, understanding themselves, understanding themselves in order to essentially be the best version of themselves. Um, in terms of areas of specialty, I specialize in anti-Black racism um, and essentially all of the mental health that is impacted by anti-Black racism. So when we talk about that, we talk about the depression that comes along with it, the trauma, the anxiety. I also specialize with children and youth mental health, um, anxiety, and um, criminal or youth justice.
0: Perfect, perfect, great, great. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a great intro. And- I noticed something on your website, and I okay. wasn't going to ask you. Yeah. And I thought it was something that was that was key,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it said um, you have what is your client's promise or your promise to your client? Can mm-hmm. you discuss that a little bit and what that means? Because I think that is so key, especially in the line of work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You kind of dig deep as to why you have that on your website.
3: Um, because we, I, I I have it on my website because I'm extremely client focused, right. And having that client promise allows my clients to know that it's very, it's a client centered and client focused practice. Um, and it's an individualistic practice, right? So essentially that client promise is so that people can, you know, personalize it, you know, personalize the services and personalize and say, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. This person is not essentially focused on business. She's not focused on therapy. She's not focused on counseling. She's focused on me. Right. And essentially that's why that promise to the client in terms of being focused on them, focused on the individualized treatment plan. And so that people out there understand that this practice is client centered, um, which means that it is all about the client. When you come see me for therapy.
0: Kudos, kudos. I think that's important. And I think that people need to know that when they come in a space such as your space, that, you know, it's confidential and it's something that yeah. it's going to be, you know, you know, it's a relationship that's developed between you and your client.
3: Exactly. You
0: know, important. So again, we have some, we have some questions we want to ask and, you know, it, it, there's certain things that, that I think that, you know, as people, as individuals, you know, we're going through a pandemic. You know, Mm -hmm. you and I talk about it. You know, we talk about it with Jason. Um, Why is mental health so important in this new normalcy, such as the pandemic? You know, why is it so important?
3: Well, I would start by saying that, you know, we've seen, we've definitely seen an increase in mental health issues and mental illness in terms of the pandemic. Um, more specifically with anxiety. A lot of people are dealing with anxiety. Um, they've never had anxiety in the past and all of a sudden they're experiencing signs and symptoms of anxiety, you know, and that is related to health. So we have all of these people who are essentially afraid, afraid to get COVID, right? So persons are doing things like, you know, um, that kind of hypervigilance, staying in their home, washing their hands every five seconds, which is the things that we are supposed to do, yes. But it is creating a sense of anxiety, right? It's creating a sense of anxiousness. Um, there's also mental health issues being developed over so many different things. Over you know partner relationships, right? People are in the house more together. Partners are in the house more. They're more in each other's spaces. The outlets that were there before are no longer there. You can no longer pick up yourself and you know go play ball. You can no longer pick up yourself and maybe go on go on a go to the mall and release some of that stress, right? Um, And so, you know, we know that partner relationships, domestic abuse has gone up tremendously, right? The kids being home for the parents out there, that is not something that's normalized for a lot of the parents. The children are home, they're in your face, you're having to kind of maneuver between work, between school and, you know, figure out, as you said, this new norm. And so coupled with all of these things, mental health issues are increasing, you know? So it's so very important that we look at new coping strategies. That we look at ways around the pandemic we learn how to cope within this pandemic because this pandemic has definitely increased mental health issues Mm
0: -hmm. and and what are some of the signs that someone may be suffering from mental health like how can i you know you know if my my brother my sister um you know my friend if you know what are the signs that you can kind of see that someone's going that you know mental health or even depression so I can yeah. kind of say, you know what, hey, um, you know, I have Micah or I have, you know, someone that you could yeah. speak to. Like, yeah. know, how, how would I approach that without, you know, you know, being being that I'm not going through it per se, how can I approach it that, you know, the person feels comfortable? Yeah. yeah. It?
3: Um, so I would say that, you know, every mental illness or mental health issue have different signs and symptoms, right? So anxiety is going to look different to depression, is going to look different to, you know, bipolar disorder, is going to look different from, you know, learning disabilities. So, you know, it's going to look different from substance abuse, you know, suicidal ideations. So whatever you may be dealing with, things are going to look different because there's different signs and symptoms for the different, you know, particular issues or illnesses. But I think, you know, there's definitely some, you know, overlapping signs and symptoms, So, you know, we can look for things like withdrawal, you know, somebody not essentially associating into things that they were interested into before. You can look for things like, you know, someone having panic attacks, right? So that's like tied to anxiety. So if you see someone, you know, all of a sudden starting to have panic attacks, you know, where they have these, you know, impending feelings of doom, um, you know, heart racing, hand sweating, you know, afraid of doom, you can kind of look for stuff like that. Again, you can look for withdrawal from activities that they were used to. So, you know, if somebody's you know staying in bed more constant, um, more frequent than they would, if you you notice they're not really maybe taking care of their hygiene routines when normal routines appear to be off. So, if you know the person and you know, okay, this is this person's normal routines, but you see, we usually like to give it like a two week mark. So, if you notice, you know, this person has been off and they've been off for about two weeks plus then that's when you know, okay, there's maybe there's a conversation needs to be had, or maybe I need to try to seek help for this person, you know? And then the secondary part of your question, where is where, how can you maybe approach them where, you know, to make them feel comfortable and not make them feel judged? The main thing is being an air, you know, the main thing is being a listening air, judgmental listening air, you know, what is something I can help you with? You know, do you need me right now? You want to ask those particular type of questions, right? And you want to stay away from being judgmental. You want to stay away of being from being, you know, from saying things like, you know, get over it, or you know, that happened so long ago, you know, you know, get out of bed, you know, it's all in your head. You want to stay away from terms like that that do not validate the person's feelings, right? So you want to be, you want to validate their feelings. You want to validate their emotions, and the way to do that is essentially by asking what they need you know can you you want to talk to me you know and again it's really about validating trying to validate what they're going through
0: interesting interesting I, I don't know um again they're they're I, I don't know if I could say examples but
3: mm-hmm.
0: I I know for me there's situations that you know I'm not always good and you know mm-hmm. you know me to always be jovial, laughing and stuff like that but at the end of the day I think we all go through things and I think I think one of the, the things that I, I don't wanna get people confused with is that unfortunately Dean, I may talk to Dean, but Dean is not a professional expert. So I know a lot of people tend to lean on their friends mm-hmm. or for guidance. And and it's not, I'm not saying that you cannot, you know, get guidance from a friend, but a friend is usually biased to certain situations from what I see. And at the end of the day, um, Why is it important to seek out someone that's professional as opposed to, you know, me leaning on me leaning on Jason or me leaning on on Dean? Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm. So us as therapists, we actually we love to have like when a person has social supports. So it's a good thing when you have close friends and close family in your lives that you can talk to and share things with and you have people to support you. It's a great thing. You know, we love social supports, you know, it's, it's actually a risk factor when someone doesn't have social supports and they don't have people around them to kind of fill them with joy and, you know, support them and love them and essentially give people or give us the things that we need socially. So social supports are great to have, you know, friends, family, and things like that. In terms of, you know, seeking a professional when it comes to advice and when it comes to coping strategies and things like that, you know. as as you rightfully said, Craig, there's that unbiased. Okay. There's that unbiased. And so your friends and your family at times may give you advice that's biased, you know, because they know you and they love you and they care about you emotionally. So they're tied to you emotionally and they just want to see the best for you. Right. So what they think is the best for you may not be the best for your mental health at the time. Right. Kind of similar to what I was saying earlier, you know, a friend might say something like it's all in your head or they might say something like, you know, just get over it. Or, you know, your friends might want to take you out and, you know, bring you out and and take you out and have a good time with you, because that's what they think is going to make you feel better. But essentially, let's say you're dealing with social anxiety. Right. No, that's not going to make you feel better. Right. Because that's the same thing that you're feeling anxious about. That's your trigger. Right. And so, again, having some social supports is great, but there's a difference between seeing a professional because a professional will be able to make that um, that initial assessment to find out, okay, what are the issues and again, create an unbiased treatment plan going forward. Right. And so this is why I think that therapy is for everyone. Right. There's no, you know, you need therapy, you need therapy is for everybody to just get that neutral, unbiased assessment done. And um, a treatment plan that is focused on, you know, um, what is best for the needs of that client. But we love social supports. We love social supports. Okay, okay. That's some you.
0: gems you're dropping. Some good gems. Some great gems. Um,
3: for sure. For I think
0: sure. I think it's very important when you say seek out professional help because, um, again, your friend or your family or whoever may be, they're not they're not trained and they're not experts and they can't necessarily give you coping strategies that you need to help you get through your, or guide you through your situation. So you hear that guys? Micah, Micah is your person. She is your professional expert. Listen to Micah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, um, another question. And I think yeah, it's something that it, I think it's mostly in every black community itself, mm-hmm. um, you know, why is there a, such a stigma? You know, why is it always, um, and we're all Caribbean backgrounds here. It's a situation in which that if you're talking to somebody, people think that, oh, you're crazy. Or why are you talking to somebody? Go sit down, you know, <laughs> those type of things. And, you know, can this can this cultural bias be removed?
3: Um. So, yay. I'm so happy that we got to the, Black people part. <laughs> um, Cause that's that's what I love to talk about. I love to talk about mental health in the, in the black community, you know? Um, so not saying I don't love to talk about anything else, just saying, you know, it's, it's the expertise. So I like to go there. I'm,
0: um, I'm, I'm
3: but in terms of, you know, stigma in the black community, I would say there's multiple different reasons. You know, um, one of them being culture. Right? It's not our culture to understand mental health. It's our culture to understand something different. You know, so a lot of times we don't use the correct language. You know, we haven't learned to use the correct, right? We've been cultured into thinking something separate and apart from mental health. So if we notice that someone's displaying signs and symptoms of mental health, we might say, you know, that's obia right um which is kind of like witchcraft, right so we might happen. say you know this, this, this <laughs> exactly we might say you know that's obia or you know we might say you know call somebody crazy and just and be j- very judgmental and say you know it's drugs that have them that way or you know we're very quick to be judgmental you know um i i just spent two and a half years living in the caribbean um trinidad you know, it's such, a, it's such a different culture when it comes to mental health and mental health services and, you know, the way that people think about mental health. And so I said, okay, this is the background. If this is where we come from, of course, this is how we're going to think, you know, going back to that cultural aspect, especially, you know, when it comes time to treating mental health, the number one way to treat mental health in the Caribbean is the church, right? Is religion, not saying that's not a good thing, right? You know, it is, it is research states that, you know, people who are tied to a religious base or people who are tied to, you know, um, a higher being or spirituality that can improve their mental health. So I'm not saying that it's a negative thing. I'm just saying that, you know, the belief that mental health can be prayed away, we kind of have to, you know, do your prayers. And I'm not saying don't pray, pray. Power of prayer is amazing. But what I'm also saying is that it's time for us to understand mental illness, understand the signs and symptoms that you said earlier, and start seeking that professional help, right? Because, you know, for those of us who believe in God, God gave us those talents and God gave us the gift and the strength and the, the knowledge to be able to help other individuals who are dealing with issues, right? Just like you would go to the doctor if you're dealing with a physical issue, same kind of thing. If you're dealing with a mental illness, it's time to start going to the mental health professionals, right? Um, so that's kind of one area. The next area in terms of stigma is a lack of awareness, right? You know, you know, I, I... I read the other day that one of the the authors I was reading the other day compared it to the lack of financial literacy in our community, you know, and I think that's very fitting. So you know, you guys know all about that is kind of that lack of financial literacy in our community. And you know, the impacts of that. It's kind of the same thing. There's a lack of awareness and a lack of mental health literacy in our community. Right. And so if we don't know, and we don't understand it, how are we going to treat it correctly? How are we going to address it correctly? How are we going to address it effectively if we don't even understand what's going on, right? So it goes back to that lack of awareness as well. Um, And then it's institutionalized and systemic racism. Anti-Black racism is probably the number one reason why stigma is in our community and the number one reason why we have so many mental health issues in our community, I would say is anti-Black racism, systemic and institutionalized racism. Yes. Oh, and you asked if the stigma can be broken. I think the question was twofold, right? That's yeah. correct. So the second part of the question, can it be broken? Yes, I think it can be. Um, I'm going to be faithful and say yes. I, I don't, I'm, I'm an optimist, right? I, so I always look at things from the positive and I always look at things from the good right side of things. And yes, so I'm going to say, yes, it can be broken, but it's going to take work right? It's not just going to be broken just like that. And I can't say that it's going to happen in this generation or the next, right? But it's very important that we educate ourselves. We create awareness. We create understanding. We start understanding ourselves. You know, we stop paying attention to media and who media says Black people are, because what that is creating is cognitive dissonance, because the media is telling you you're one person, and your mind is telling you when you're, you're another person. Of course, that is going to to create mental health issues, right? So we need to we need to educate ourselves. We need to know ourselves. We need to read, 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 read.
0: Which I had a horn. Didn't exactly. That exactly. Is either something a bomb, right? a clue I bomb or something. Can't
3: <laughs> I can't stress it enough. We need to read. We need to educate ourselves about mental illness. Learn the signs and symptoms of depression, of anxiety, of bipolar disorder, of schizophrenia. Learn about suicidal ideations. Learn about it. Understand it. Learn about how anti-Black racism has created trauma in our community, right? And empower yourselves through knowledge and through understanding. And then pass it on to the next generation. So for the parents out there, don't learn it for yourselves and keep the knowledge to you. No. Talk to your children. Buy your children age-appropriate books that talk about mental health, that talk about stigma in the Black community. Teach your children so we break that cycle of intergenerational trauma, right? We don't pass it on. You know, we break the cycle. So I would say, yes, it can be broken, but we have to ensure that we're putting in the work and doing those things that we have to do in order to break the cycle. Cause it's not just gonna be broken. We have to do the work.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, it's, it's a conversation I don't have a lot with my children. You know what I mean I think mm-hmm. I need to be having these conversations a little bit more and yeah. um, I don't think that oh they're just too young to understand yeah, um, yes. just, they're, never um, yeah
1: exactly. no. they're never too young
0: yeah no. I think that yeah. um, the conversation it needs to it needs to have I'm not sure, sure if like like Dean and I grew up in different areas
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so I'm not sure if it's a situation in which that again it's something that we we just w- it was never taught to us kind of just bring those bags and those burdens and we just wear it
1: i feel as if um in our community a lot of our learning lessons are from tv so whatever we see on tv that's what we pick up it's like um as a man in the household you got to be the sole provider uh men are not allowed to cry Men are not allowed, allowed to talk about their 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 feelings. So I, f- I feel a lot of the the lessons that we learned is based off of TV instead of us trying to find that knowledge. As Michael was saying, pick up picking up a book and reading about these things to learn more how we can cope with these things and how to identify these things. So I, I would put a lot of the place a lot of the blame with not just to say that um that we did we didn't understand, but it's where I grew up. It's like everything I learned was from TV. And it's only after I got older as an adult where it's like I noticed these things inside myself where it's like I can't rely on TV to tell me how to live my life. I got to go out there and seek, seek help, right? Like for me, I have a therapist. I make sure that I go every so often so that I can talk about these things because me, I'm, I'm a, what, what do you call it? introvert. So I don't really like to go out there and just talk to any and everybody, right? But at the same time, I knew I had stuff that was building up in me that was breaking me down inside where it's like, yo, I need to go out there and find somebody to talk
3: to. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I'm really glad to hear that, Dean, that you have a therapist. That's amazing. And thanks Thank for you. even sharing that with us. Um, and yeah, you're very much right in terms of, you know, that that what you see kind of on TV is what you emulate. And again, it goes back to kind of anti-black racism. You know, we were stripped of our identity a long time ago right? Um, And stripping us of our identity, what happens now? So, you know, a part of slavery and a part of the plan of initially was to strip us of our identity. And now the current plan is, okay, so put this identity in front of them. So take away the identity and then show them who they should be, right? And so we have very common characters of the Black woman. You know, we have common characters of the Black man, you know, the Black woman, you know, this ghettoized female, who you know has you know has a certain type of look has a certain type of persona right and then we have the black man who's either a baller or a gangster you know we have these personas that were placed in front of us so that okay we don't no longer have this identity you know full of rich culture royalty you know identifying as kings and queens and you know daughters and sons of creation and rather than identifying as that we're going to identify with who we see on tv which is this you know baller or hardcore male figure or this ghettoized female or like the nanny female Mm -hmm. and things like that right
1: yeah perfect you
0: touched on a few things i I, I don't know jay looks like he wants to jump in here i don't know if he Oh no no. Okay okay. Well
2: no uh, no but no everything you're saying makes a like total sense right? I was actually listening to a podcast um over the weekend and just talking about what you guys were saying about like how do you teach uh this stuff to your children, mm-hmm. and um what they're saying is like you know you also have to talk about like you know there's times that you know black people were kings, and like you know our history is not all slavery like we tend to just talk about those times mm-hmm. but you know we we, we have great histories and, you know, we've done a lot uh, we've contributed to the society significantly. And I think we just get um, trapped into the like, all oh, the slavery and why we're over here and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of everything. And, you know, I think a lot of it is education and finances. Um, I hear a lot of what you're saying. I think um, some of the mental illness, especially in the men, um, I think it comes a lot about like um, income, like it's harder to make a living. And, you know, as a man, it come across as like, you have to take care of everything and do everything. But like in society, it's a dual income world right now. And you need a you need partnerships or you need other people to help you. So it's like that that knowing that you need help and asking for help. I think that's a lot to do with mental illness, because a lot of times we don't ask for the help when we need it. But just knowing that the world is a place where you need help, you can't do nothing alone. And I think that's the first step, right? And from there, I think we can grow, but a a lot of it for me is just, you know, we need to break the cycle of um, the dependency on, you know, just the way old structures are built and um, not, not seeking information. So I love like, obviously what's coming on, in this age with the internet and the podcast and what Dean and Craig are doing and the stuff that you're talking about like it just needs to be more out there I just think a lot of the times things were like taboo and we just have to be more open to talk about like you know Dean saying he has a therapist Um, me and my fiance were talking about going to therapy we don't have no problems but why don't we go and at least talk to somebody you know as we're embarking on a new journey with marriage and stuff like that so it's just it's just important
0: to talk to people
1: Yep, oh, communication's key, man. And I just oh, want to say,
0: like, all these gems are being dropped. Like, our technical director, Jason. I need a clue bomb. I need something <laughs> to like give those emojis. I have, or I something, have this. You want to hear or some, this? Some, <laughs> some fire sign? I want some fire or something more. Give me some unks. Give me some Egyptian signs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, give me something. These are, these are, these are gems we're dropping. Uh, it's not It's not a boring conversation. Everyone needs to know, like, we're, we're being vulnerable. And that's the uh, the thing. Like, as Black men, we're not vulnerable enough to have these discussions. Right? Because it's not cool. It's not the in thing. It's not the right thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone, you, you know, Micah, you just said it. Dean said it. Money, partnership, income. And it's a perfect segue into my next questions because... What is the correlation with money and mental health?
3: Um, There's a huge correlation, right? And so I kind of mentioned something earlier about, you know, that kind of lack of awareness in terms of financial literacy. You know, and again, it's the same kind of thing with the lack of awareness with mental health literacy right again going back to us reading the reason why I know checks over strikes would have you know one of the first projects was that book you know don't be a waste you and you know thank you very much for dropping that book guys because essentially again it goes back to both in one you know getting your mind right you know so you can get your finances right right? So reading and putting that knowledge and understanding in your mind, so that you can kind of manifest the things that you want, you know, out of life in terms of your finances. And so, you know, the, the direct correlation, it's like a cycle, you know, if you're financially not in a good place, that directly affects your mental health not being in a good place, and vice versa. If your mental health is not in a good place, it directly affects your finances not being in a good place, right? Because you know financially if things are off you're going to experience stress you're going to experience higher levels of stress which create higher levels of anxiety which if not treated and addressed effectively can you know spiral out into worse conditions right and then again a kind of if you um if your mental health is off you're not essentially really going to be prioritizing finances Right. You're not really going to be making smart decisions in terms of or, I guess, educated decisions in terms of your finances. You know, Um, one of the things when I was doing some research, it was saying one of the books that I read said, you know, never, never spend when you're in like if you if you're somebody who lives with depression, never spend when you're going through an episode. Right. Mm -hmm. Never make financial decisions when you're going through an episode. Mm -hmm. Right. You you might make decisions that you did not want to make.
1: You made so decisions like based on your emotion. I got a blop, blop. No, you want like it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good that she brought it up because a lot of people, especially in the pandemic, they're on Amazon and they're like going buck wild on it. It's like, yo, that right now, Amazon's doing a lot of advertisement. Oh, um, get Amazon Prime for 30 days. And the moment they get that 30 days and they're, they're free shipping, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to continue buying. And Amazon is built around things like this where it's like, they're using AI technology to, to keep you engaged with their website and just continue to buy, buy, buy. Because it's like after you get the Amazon Prime, then they're sending you coupons. Hey, here's $5 off. And it's like, oh, I got $5 off. That's $10 I'm saving. But overall, they just want you to continue to spend, spend, spend. And if you're not in a good space, you're just going to go crazy, especially when you have a credit card as well, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. So it's all about that headspace, right? We want to be making positive decisions in terms of our money and making sure that our mental health is on point so we can make those positive decisions. So again, there's a direct correlation between money and mental health. And um, I guess there's a direct correlation between coping checks over stress, right? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I- and, and, and I'm glad that you kind of segue into that because you know we got to tell the people you know where where, we, where, where can we find co-counseling? You know, what programs do you offer and where can we find you on social media?
3: Um, so in terms of programs offered right now, it is individual couples and group counseling, right? And that's kind of at the personal level. So let's say, you know, you're dealing with some mental health issues, You know, we do a nice consultation before even committing to therapy to kind of find out what some of the issues are and even find out if I'm the right fit, right? Because therapy is really about a right fit, right? Um, You know, one of the things that I do, let's say, is that you know, like when I have a a young teenage male client, you know, some of the times I refer out to my male colleagues, right, where they can kind of get that relation and relatability, you know. Um, So it all depends on that right fit. So. You know that's kind of on the personal level i also do trainings and workshops as it relates to you know mental health anti-black racism and kind of again the correlation between the two because again that's kind of my expertise is that correlation between anti-black racism and mental health and so i do trainings and workshops and discussions and panel discussions you know regarding those things um and those issues and in terms of programming I also have a program called The Ultimate Experience. That is with my partner, um, Zayfit416, and she's a fitness instructor. And we have a program every Thursday that we run called The Ultimate Experience. And what that is, it's focused kind of on the mind and the body. So it's a very holistic program that we run um, to kind of get that holistic feel. Because again, I kind of do the mental health piece, she does the fitness piece, and then we've come together to create that program. Mm -hmm. So those are the services. In terms of where can you find me? All over the internet, right? We're in the digital era now, guys. Um, So we kind of have to come to terms with this is what it is, the digital era. I'm still going to put it in there that we need to read and make sure that you're closing those screens down sometimes to put your eyes in a book, especially right before bed, it's very important. But um, you can find me all over the internet. You know, um, my website is um, www.copecounselingtt.org. Um, my email address, micah.dell at copecounselingt.org. Um, you can find me on IG. I'm all over IG, always doing something new, you know, on IG. Um, and my handle is at cope counseling. Um, type co-counseling into Google, co-counseling Toronto, type it into Google, you'll find me. Um, What else? Um, And for those of you guys who essentially, maybe you're not really into the the digital era, maybe you weren't born into the digital era, maybe the digital era is not a part of your time, you can just call me, 647-807-2948 is my phone number, and you can reach me there, you know, um, and that's how we do our consultations. So I can be found. As I said, most people know how to use Google nowadays. Hope Counseling Toronto. Put it in Google and you will find Micah Dell Miller, clinical psychotherapist and social worker.
0: So that, that's perfect. Um, honestly, truly, I'm I'm all we're always blessed to get the gems from you, Micah. And you forgot one place where you could be found.
3: Oh, did I uh, forget? Oh, well, yeah, yeah,
0: because you know. Checks Over Strikes has a money management program, <laughs> money management method, in which we use Mrs. Micah Dell Miller to help us break down the correlation with money and financial literacy. So it's another program where you can find her. Um, she's dope. She knows what she's saying. She's know what she's doing. So it's something that you know Dean and I, we figured it's something that is needed you know, mental mental awareness is important, and the correlation between mental health and money is so big. And we introduce it to in in our program because we know it's important. Because you know, as Micah mentioned, without the right mindset, your finances is not going to be where you need it to be. Most yeah, definitely, for sure,
3: for sure. And thank you guys for inviting me in on the money management program because you know, I think it's it's wonderful. I think co- collaboration and partnership is so important in our community, you know, and kind of using each other, you know, and using the different skills that we have to each other to bring the information to our community, you know, and bring that correct information um, to our community, especially with people who look like them, you know, because I think that's one of the things that you know, is so important for us is, you know, to get the information and to get the services um, and to be able to give the services, you know, so where people feel comfortable, you know, again, not saying we're not open to working with everybody else outside of the black community, 100%. But at the end of the day, you know, we gotta be here for our community because who else is going to be?
1: Most definitely
3: better, man. So
0: this wraps up our our fourth episode of checks over strikes podcast checks in your name no strikes against it um you guys tune in next week um again we're always dropping some great gems and talking to a whole bunch of different people you know that help contribute to the society that we're in especially the 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 black community so signing off checks over strikes your community heroes craig and dean peace